from the corner of 16th and Peachtree Street, right next to the High Museum of Art in Midtown Atlanta. Welcome to the First Presbyterian Church. I'm Senior Pastor Tony Sundermeyer, and I want to thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. And I would invite you now to join us in the worship of God. Good morning. My name is Rick Bold, and I am currently serving as an elder on the session here at First Pres. Please join me in our call to worship. Raise your voices in response to God's goodness. We praise you, O Lord, for all the blessings you have given us. Lift your hearts in sweet surrender to God's mercy. We thank you, O Lord, for hearing the prayers of our hearts. God is good. Praise be to God. The love and mercy of God never fails. Friends, let us worship God. Scripture reading from the book of Genesis, chapter 18, verses 1 to 15. That's page 6 on the Pew Bible, page 13. Let's read together. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you may pass on, since you have come to your servant. So they said, do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it, and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took cards of and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, Where is your wife Sarah? And he said, There in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age, and it had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself and saying, after I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time, I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, Oh, yes, you did laugh. That is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Our second scripture lesson comes from the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 1 to 8, page number 145 on the Blue Bible, and we shall read together. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, Larry will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That is the word of the Lord. I greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Amen. Wave me if you can see me. Thank you. It's my pleasure to bring you greetings from St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church, Nairobi, where we have been partners for over 20 years a partnership in mission, a partnership based on mutual learning. And you have to thank the Lord for the warm reception you have received from this church led by your senior pastor. And we thank God for this church and the work you are doing in spreading the good news in this state and other areas where you have partnerships. This morning, I want to talk about a theme entitled, Sarah Laughed. Sarah Laughed. And when I look at that theme, I get quite a number of ideas that I can think about. And um, when I look at that theme, I think about a, top, a, a main idea like, from the laughter of doubt, to the laughter of faith. From the laughter of doubt to the laughter of faith. faith. And I begin by saying that you all know about our salvation history. Since the fall of Adam and Eve, the Lord had been seeking man because our God is a God of relationships. He has a great desire to be with us. Though we keep on running away from him, he keep on following us. Even after Adam and Eve sinned, the Lord kept on following humankind and making covenants with them. So Sarah was the wife of Abraham. Abraham, who was the father of nations, and Sarah as a mother of nations, chosen by God for a purpose. And the purpose is clearly written in the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verse 3. 
that God wanted to use that couple so that eventually they will be a blessing to all human families on this planet. But we thank the Lord because his plan for saving us draws back those times of the Old Testament because indeed God desires to redeem us, desires that we may be close to him. And from that particular portion of scripture, I have about two lessons for us to learn. That number one, for us to be able to move from that realm of doubt to the realm of faith, we must know that God keeps his promises. Of course, you know that in a covenant, a covenant is a binding agreement. And in that agreement, God dictates the terms. There is what he is supposed to do, and there is what we are supposed to do as human beings. And for God, he never revokes his promises. His promises are always yes and amen. We even have a hymn that keeps on challenging us to keep on standing on the promises of God. So God never forgets his promises. And we find this in the life of Abraham and Sarah. When Adam or Abraham was 75 years old, God promised him a son. Despite his situation, he was an old man, his wife was barren, even despite them thinking that maybe God would fulfill that promise using some other people who had a capability to give birth, God eventually came and fulfilled his promises because our God is a God who keeps promises. So for us to be able to move from this period of faith to the laughter of faith, we must know that God keeps his promises and we must also keep the promises that we make to God. Right now, parents have made a commitment to bring their children in the ways of the Lord. They have an obligation to keep that oath, to keep that vow. And in the Presbyterian Church, we make many vows, right from baptism to confirmation, right even when we are doing weddings, we make commitments to one another. And for us who are ministers, we make many, many vows. In PCN, a minister from baptism to ordination makes a total of 48 vows. So we have a lot of vows that we have taken. And I have an obligation as a minister to keep my vows. We have obligations as Christians to keep the vows that we make during baptism, the vows of Christian commitment, the vows of reading the word of God, the vows of making diligent use of the means of grace, the vows of supporting the church with our time, with our talent and our treasure. All these vows we are supposed to keep because just as God honored the promise he made to Abraham, he keeps on honoring the promises he has made for us. And therefore we need to reciprocate that by making sure that we also keep our promises. To move from this realm of doubt to the realm of faith again, we must know that nothing is too hard for the Lord. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. In the dictionary of God, there is no word impossible. And you find this in the situation of Sarah. Sarah laughed. The first laughter, you know, she laughed twice. The first laughter in chapter 18 was a laugh of disbelief. She could not imagine. Yes, she was a faithful lady, and she believed that God would do miracles, but not through her. 
because she had limitations. She was past the childbearing age, and the husband was old. She actually asked whether they could even get pleasure because of the age. She, had, she was in the menopause. But somebody said that, thank God, it is only a pause, it's not a full stop. Because there is life after menopause, amen? It's a pause, it is not a, a full stop. So she doubted whether really they could get a child, and she laughed. And even after being challenged by the angel of the Lord, she denied this. And I was sharing with my brothers and sisters here that maybe she learned lies from her husband. Because her husband was a liar. We find a lot of lies. Abraham lied twice, once in Egypt, another time with, before King Abimelech. So she, she could not believe because she was still struggling with the prelude of faith. She was struggling with doubt. Yes, I, I, I know. I know God can provide children, but not through me. So church, we must also move from this situation of doubt and believe in God's promises and believe that God can do these hard things. Nothing is too hard for him. Our God is not limited as we are. We are all limited in time. We are limited in space. We are limited in knowledge. But in the eyes of God, nothing is too hard for him. Amen? You look at your situation in your relationships, in your marriage, in the ministry here at church, in your body, the things that you are going through, diseases and temptations and bereavements and these things that we go through as Christians, we have to know that nothing is too hard for him. We should not struggle alone. You must tell Jesus. I sing a song that I must tell Jesus because I cannot bear this burden alone. The word of God says, come to me all who are heavily laden and I'll give you rest. So if you are bogged down by issues, if you are heavy laden by issues, there is this great invitation to this great God who doesn't have the word impossible in his dictionary. So you have to trust in him and you must welcome him. I see Abraham welcoming the angels of the Lord, feeding them. And there is a verse in Revelation chapter 3 that the word of God says, Behold, I stand at the door knocking. And when you get a guest knocking the door, you have three answers to give. You may tell the visitor come in, or you may tell him go away, or you may ignore him. I don't know what we are doing with Christ as we, as we continue serving him. As we continue in our Christian walk, how are we responding when Jesus keeps on knocking the doors of our hearts? When he keeps on knocking, do we welcome him? Because when we welcome him, he will come and he will dine with us. And after dining with us, we are going to receive blessings. Amen? So nothing is too hard. That issue you have today, commit it before God. If it's about your children, commit them before God. It's about your spouse. It's about your family. It's about the ministry we are doing here at First Presbyterian Church and at St. Andrews. There is nothing that is impossible with God. Nothing is too hard for him. If he was able to give Sarah a child, he can also give us and he also gave us his only begotten son. Amen? Yes, nothing is too hard for the Lord. The third lesson, we get it from Romans chapter 5. For us to move from that laughter of doubt to the laughter of faith, we need a bridge. And the bridge is the cross of Jesus Christ. So Paul is introducing us as 
proponents of the new covenant, a covenant that is more superior than Abrahamic covenant, a covenant with many blessings, a covenant whose mediator is our Lord Jesus Christ, a covenant based on, you know, what Jesus did on the cross by virtue of the blood that he shed at Calvary, we people who belong to the New Testament are able to approach God, are able to have a sense of belonging, regardless of our backgrounds. Amen? You know, God receives all of us, regardless of our race, regardless of our calm, regardless of our social status. All of us who trust in the Lord, he welcomes us into his kingdom by virtue of this new covenant, this promise that God made with us that if we trust in him, he will forgive us our sins and he will make us his own children. To those who believed in his name, he gave them power to be called God's children. We are God's children. We are the children of the king. And you know the name of the, 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 the child of a king is a prince of, or a princess. Amen? Tell your neighbor you are a prince or a princess. Tell them. Talk to your neighbors. In Kenya we talk to one another when you are preaching. If your neighbor is a lady, tell him or her you are a princess in the kingdom of God. If you are sitting next to a man and today is Father's Day, encourage that father by telling him you are a prince in the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. Yes, we belong. We are princess, princes and, 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 and princesses if we fat all you have such a word. And in this new covenant, Paul is talking about many benefits that we get. Benefit number one is that we get justified. In the eyes of the Lord, though we are sinful people, people who suffer in the period of faith, people who suffer in doubt, God looks at us as if we were righteous in his presence. And that is why Romans chapter 8 would say, there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Nobody can condemn us. We are justified. We, that's why we are not consumed by God. Because when God sees his son in our hearts, when he sees his son in our hearts, he has mercy on us. Though sometimes he has wrath, he remembers mercy because of Christ Jesus, who is in your heart and who is in my heart. We get justified, as Paul is saying there in the beginning of Romans chapter number five. Number two, we also have another benefit in this new covenant, the benefit of acceptance. We are accepted, no more hostility between God and his people because Jesus Christ came that we may be friends again with God. Jesus declared a shalom, this wholeness, these holistic blessings because of what he did on the cross. There is no more hostility. Sometimes we start guilty in the eyes of the Lord. We are not supposed to be guilty in his eyes because the blood of Jesus washes away every guilt. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So when you come to Jesus and you have your sins washed away, you live a life of peace, a life of shalom by virtue of being accepted by God, as Paul says in that New Testament scripture. The third benefit we get there, there are many benefits, but I can only talk about three because of time, is the benefit of joy. We get joy in the new covenant, and there is a great difference between joy and hap happiness. Happiness comes because of the happenings. When you have, when you have uh, quite a number of dollars in the bank, you feel good, isn't it? 
When children are doing well in school, we feel good. That is happiness. But joy is not circumstantial. We are supposed to be rejoicing regardless. And that is why Paul could say while in prison, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Joy is joy all the time, regardless of the circumstances. So this is what we get when we move from the realm of doubt to the realm of faith. This laughter also brings us the joy of the Lord. Even though we are going through difficulties, somebody said that Christians are peculiar people. They rejoice even when things go wrong. They are still smiling because whoever is in them is greater than whoever is in the world. These are the benefits, church, that we get as we move from this laughter of doubt to the laughter of faith. So my question as I conclude is that, where are you? Where are you? Are you still struggling at the prelude of faith? The Lord is calling upon you to receive him as your Savior and Lord. Amen? And for us who are born again and walking with the Lord, are we growing in him? Are we growing in believing in the promises of God? Are we growing in trusting in the Lord? Are we growing in gaining assurance that we are born again and we are justified and we are accepted and we can always rejoice and rejoice and rejoice in the Lord? So may God help us that we may be able to move from wherever you are. I don't know where you are. When I look at you, you, you all look good. You all look born again. Amen? But you know where you are. God knows where I am as a minister. And I need to keep on moving. From It's a process. You move from one glory to the other till Jesus comes. And we shall dwell with him forever and ever. In the name of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Just whisper a prayer before God concerning that sermon. That from that laughter of disbelief, God can bring a laughter of faith as he did to Sarah. Say, oh God, I need that laughter in my situation. I need that laughter in my family, dear Lord. I need that laughter in my ministry, in my situation, oh God. For me to do that, oh God, give me that knowledge that you really keep your promises and help me to keep mine. Give me that knowledge that nothing is too hard for you. And I commit my situation that I'm going through which seems hard to you, knowing that I, from you I can get the blessings. I can get healing, I can get peace, because nothing is impossible with you. In that situation that you are in, remember that you belong. You are a son of God, a daughter of God. And you, you, when you belong to Christ, all those benefits listed in the word of God, and especially in Romans 5, are you as you are justified. You are acceptable before God. You are God's best. Yes. Just speak to the Lord. Lord Almighty, we thank you for speaking to us in a mighty way, reminding us about the need of moving from the laughter of doubt to the laughter of faith. Because indeed your word says that without faith it is impossible to please you. Make us people of faith even as we continue serving you. For we have people in the Old Testament and the New Testament who teach us how to continue being heroes of faith. Make us heroes of faith, we pray, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Sutherland and Gray families, it is such a joy and blessing to celebrate uh, with you all on this glorious day where we've baptized James and William and Finn. Uh, larger church, we give thanks to God that we are called family, not just here in Atlanta, but throughout the world as we celebrate with our brothers and sisters from St. Andrews in Kenya and are mindful of all the partnerships we have in Atlanta and throughout God's good word, good world. Remember God's good word. That the promises of God are sure. They surround us in the hour and in the days ahead. That God is trustworthy. And that God gives us by the power of the Holy Spirit confidence and hope. That grace and joy and justification and acceptance are ours. And now may the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. May his peace live inside of you this day and every day of your life. Amen.